You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Community uh, Unique Pathways common goals and I want to welcome you. I'm Audra and I'd like to introduce you to my guest, Mr. James Brown. If good afternoon. Good afternoon everyone. Okay. Okay. James, um we have an interesting story. And so if you could share a little bit about um your takeaway when we met. You when you came in today, you said it's been about 4 years. So what was your what was your takeaway when we met? Uh, well, as, as with many of the people I've uh, met over the years, I was introduced to you via a friend who said that they needed a photographer who was good at making people feel comfortable, feel comfortable in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we started off. And I remember the first shoot went well. We did another one shortly afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then you had me on hold for a few years, but I'm hopeful. <laughs> I'm hopeful. <laughs> Well, well, what's cool about uh, how we met and when we met, um, I had just experienced uh, two of the biggest losses um, personally of people that I love. And um, I was really low. And so I needed some photography work uh, done um, for my brand. Um, at the time, there was only D-Tread. And so you were referred. And so here I am. Uh, I, you know, needed to do this, but didn't necessarily want to do it. And, um, you know, it, it turned into something that, you know, to this day, those photographs from that first shoot um, are still very useful uh, in me building and continuing to build the brand and the brands. Um, and so <laughs> we met, we took, you probably took 9,000 shots in the rinse in. Uh, you know, but it was, it, it turned out to be very magical. I know you, um, I wasn't the easiest to work with in the beginning, but, um, I appreciate you. I no, did. you were actually quite easy. Uh, as long as a person is just willing to relax and be themselves, the rest can happen. As long as you can get a person to just, just trust me, you know, until I show you a bad shot, let's just go with it. And you were, you were <laughs> actually very easy to work with. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And okay. I find out that's true with you know, several people, people mm -hmm. think they're more difficult to work with than they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you just relax, it's like somebody trying to be a friend. If you just relax, it's going to go well. Okay. 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 So, so I consider you like one of the baddest or the baddest photographer, you know, um, I just appreciate your work, um, your eye. And I know that, um, as a creative, it doesn't always come easy. Right. It doesn't come easy. So, you know, what do you use to keep that flow going or do you pull back, you know, sometimes? I don't think it's any different for myself than it is for uh, most professionals, whether they're creative, uh, whether they're hosting podcasts, whatever we do. People are going to tend to think that the road that you traveled was a lot easier than it was. But I remember back when I first tried to play the uh, keyboards and I bought several keyboards and I bought a guitar and I had some effects machines, a little mini studio. And someone would ask me, they were like, 
which is easier for you to play? Uh, which do you think is easier to play, the guitar or the keyboard? And I would always tell them the same thing. I was like, well, it depends on how good you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, because if, if you want to be, people tend to think the bass is really easy. I wouldn't tell Stanley Clark that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, if you want to be a, a simple three-chord pianist, mm-hmm. that's going to be a lot simpler for you than being a master on the bass. Mm-hmm. So with everything you do, I mean, when you if you're hosting podcasts, you got to get the right engineers. You got to find the right target times to uh, to release your podcast. You have to find the right target audience, you, the guests, their scheduling. I mean, it's in everything you want to make happen and happen right, mm-hmm. prof- like professional production, mm-hmm. it's just going to be work. That's all it is. Okay. And I joke around on Facebook. <laughs> like some, <laughs> Somebody asked me, how do you become a good photographer fast? And I was like, well, I've been doing it for five years. I can't tell you yet. <laughs> so that's okay. just the way it is. Okay. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to, to um, allow you to share your story is um, the way that you take photo- photographs. Um, you... Um, you know, have different groups in which you highlight. Um, So there may be um, people who uh, practice yoga or it may be um, people who are cyclists. Uh, One particular group really struck me and it was the fathers. You took photographs of fathers and they were with their children and they struck me deeply. And so your version of community, um, what, how do you approach community? What does community mean to you? Community for me, and it's funny because a guy uh, was asked the same question at a yoga get together a few years ago, and he was saying basically community is just showing up. Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of agree with him. It's like there are so many people, and that's, I, I, I like social media, you mm-hmm. know, uh, sometimes I can live without it, but mm-hmm. I like social media, but the only thing I don't like sometimes is that you find so many people complaining about this, that, and the third, mm-hmm. but these same people are not going to march, they're not going to get out, all they're going to do is complain right there and leave mm-hmm. it there, so I just, I don't comment, I just, I just pass it up and, and just let it go because... I think that whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. you should be doing something. If you're not, if you and for some of us like myself, I'm not Mr. Community Activist, but I will take my camera, like you said, and photograph those groups who are doing something. Mm-hmm. And I try to go and get pictures of things that are going on around the city and how it speaks to me. Mm-hmm. But I think that everybody should be doing something, and that's the reason I try to get out and meet different people at different functions. Sometimes, is because. I don't have my finger necessarily on the pulse of what's going on, uh, let's say politically or even in some of the neighborhoods in Detroit, Mm -hmm. but there's somebody out there who does. Mm -hmm. And if I can meet them, then they can invite me to the events where I can get the pictures of what's going on. Okay. So I think that's like community. The fact that we can never forget that we all need each other. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, I have a question that's kind of like a nod to uh, the movie Brown Sugar. So... How old were you when you fell in love with Detroit? Or have you fallen in love with Detroit at all? Uh, me and Detroit have <laughs> <laughs> gone back and forth. <laughs> I always said growing up that because uh, I come from a family of about 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, half my brothers and sisters live outside the city now. Mm-hmm. I always joked when I was growing up that I would be the last one to left mm-hmm. to leave, that uh, I love Detroit. Mm-hmm. 
And I do. I like in recent years, it's becoming easier to love uh, some of the th- improvements <laughs> that they're making. Mm-hmm. I hope they stretch more out into the uh, upper, the, the more northern communities and not just downtown. But what they're mm-hmm. doing so far, you know, how clean places like Bella Isle are and, mm-hmm. and, and the, how uh, how much safer it is and, and more peaceful it is to go out there now. I like things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wait. One second. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> so the question was, how old were you when you fell in love with Detroit? I would probably say four years ago. Okay. Two. I got my. I started studying photography when I got my DSLR in 2013. What is a DSLR? A DSLR is what, what commonly people refer to as a professional quote unquote camera. Okay. It's just a camera with interchangeable lenses, a digital camera with interchangeable lenses. Mm-hmm. But after I switched from point and shoot and I wanted to get serious with it, I, I just wore my family out. They, <laughs> they couldn't take it anymore. So I had to start, I had to hit the streets in 2014, the spring. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started doing photo- street photography. And that's really when the love affair started back. Okay. Because I'm always looking for, like, I like to do the stuff on the streets and mm-hmm. show people. But Detroit has some really cool events like the yoga, mm-hmm. like the bike rides. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the the Nain Rouge Parade, the uh, Greek Independence Day Parade. We have a lot of festivals and things that go on here. Of course, the Jazz Festival, mm-hmm. where it's just in those atmospheres. Street photography is sometimes hard. You know, people don't always trust the person with the camera. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the festivals, you're mm-hmm. always gonna find somebody who wants to get in front of that <laughs> camera and dance. And that's that's when you get that's when it's like family. That's when you get to just relax and have fun with what you're doing. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So we're going to segue into uh, what I call what up, though. And so uh, I just want to know, you know, we haven't seen each other in person for a minute. And I'd like to know what you're working on. I um, know you had a couple of exhibits um, for of your photography. But, you know, what are you working on now? Well, I kind of switched. I went from street photography to portrait photography. Mm-hmm. And uh in trying to practice portrait photography, I was finding it rather difficult to always maintain a model. Mm-hmm. So I started recently, uh, this past summer, into doing architectural photography. Yes. Once I started doing architectural and taking some of my old street shots, which I looked at as fine art, uh, I started to want to do fine art prints and, and, and do exhibitions and get involved in the art community. So that's... It's funny because that's like starting all over now from what I was doing. <laughs> but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sharpens me because for a while I was getting good at what I, if you, you know, get too good at, or if you get good at something long enough and you stay in the vein too long, mm-hmm. you will get complacent. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sharpened me back up because, boy, these these young folks out here, you got you to gotta move fast to keep up with them. <laughs> and so it's good. It's been good. Okay. And so with, with architecture, um, I'm a fan. You know, um, and so what is it that drew you to? I know we have, I believe, some of the most interesting architecture um, in the region. And so what is it that that drew you to, you know, starting to, you know, shoot these buildings and interiors and stuff like that? Uh, It all started probably about three years ago when I joined one of the Facebook Facebook photo clubs. when I was training myself 
because I've always wanted to do things the right way. Mm -hmm. And I knew I didn't have the time or just couldn't quit work and go back to school. But I knew that everything they learned, I could learn. Mm -hmm. So I would get on YouTube and I would, when, for four years, for the first four years I was in photography, between photography and the slideshows I would make from the photos and practicing editing, I was putting in about 90 hours a, a week. I had to wow. slow it down. But what I found was once I started training myself, I never liked architecture. It was so boring to me. I'm a people person. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I started off shooting my family. Architecture was so boring. Mm -hmm. But once you start studying the lines and pattern and figuring out, finding out how to use the colors and finding out how and why photographs are made, because mm -hmm. I was an artist in high school. You know, okay. I used to draw and paint and mm -hmm. uh, things like that. So that kind of interest in it all came back to me. Once I started to be look at look through the lens as an artist instead of just a photographer. Mm -hmm. It was so many, like with architecture, one thing I find immensely interesting about it, I can sit up here and you know, if I go on a shoot with you, we can say we're gonna do 10 shots, so it's gonna turn into a marathon. Right. But it's the same thing with architecture, I can go downtown and see one or two buildings and I can literally not move from that spot for 15 to 20 minutes because there's so many different ways to shoot it. Mm -hmm. And because I'm new into architecture, but I did study composition and things, mm -hmm. now I, when I approach anything new, the first thing I see is how much I have to learn about it. Mm -hmm. But I'm familiar with the learning process. Okay. Same as if you had to go back to college today, you would handle it a lot better just because you knew how to time yourself between classes with your study breaks, how you know when to get some rest, things like that. Mm -hmm. So now, even though architecture is very new to me, I, I'm understanding how to take it. And it's just, every time I turn around, I just see something else that's beautiful. That's one thing I like, I don't I don't know if I, how long it'll be before I finally decide on my end goal, but I do believe I have faith in the Lord and I think that he's sending me somewhere because actually, when you asked me how I got into architecture, mm -hmm. I wanted to go shoot some people downtown. I really did so bad. I was calling models. Mm -hmm. And I got downtown and something just told me, just start shooting the building. Okay. And and I seriously, in my mind, I said, Lord, I don't want to shoot the building. <laughs> I just really don't. I was like, it's boring to me. Mm -hmm. And I started shooting them and I shot one and the other. And I started noticing the sun and the reflection, mm -hmm. the reflection of other buildings across the street. Mm -hmm. And it just all kind of like came together. And I was like, okay. So I'm not sure. And it's, it's hard sometimes to move forward. I'm not sure where I'll end up, mm -hmm. but I'm confident in where I'm being guided to go. Amen. And that feels good. Okay. And so with the exhibits, what was your personal reaction to the exhibits? Were you, know, were you excited? Were you confident? Um, you know, did, are you looking to do more in the short term? You know, I started off wanting to do family photography. I went to street photography. Mm -hmm. uh, I was doing corporate headshots. I keep wanting, it's, there's a need to want to say, I know where I'm going, I know what I'm going to do. Okay. But I think for a lot of creatives, sometimes you just have to, I hate to use this term, but trust the process. You just have to follow through and know that you're going to somewhere that's where you're meant to be that you can't find on your own. Mm -hmm. So you have to like trust that process. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's the Lord guiding me. And um, I think you have to trust that process. And I'm just, every time I turn around, there's something different. Like right now, when I got to the exhibits, the piece and the exhibit that I was in was uh, juried by a young man by the name of Tylon J. Sawyer. Yeah. Now, if you ever see his work, his work is beautiful. Yeah. And so I understood why the piece I did uh, got in 
And when I looked at it, though, we had just switched to architectural. Uh, me and my manager made a decision a few months ago. But when I start looking over the body of work to gather things to print, I can't get away from people. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, everything comes down. In the end, it comes down to people. Mm-hmm. So when I look at the some of the street photographs that I've done over the year, and that's why I started doing the father thing. Mm-hmm. You know, some I was going to make a book about slow roll, and somebody said, well, I wish somebody would do a coffee table book about black fathers because they aren't portrayed yeah. in the media mm-hmm. the way that we actually see them. Mm-hmm. And so I was when I was going around town, I would start noticing you know, some very nice scenes. And so I was just, I had a few pictures I'd done at candidates at events, Mm -hmm. but I was like, you know, I really need to get some more of these. Mm -hmm. And so I would just start, you know, walking up to guys and say, hey, can I take a picture of you? You know, I'm I'm doing a series like this Mm -hmm. on Instagram Mm -hmm. because most people are receptive to Instagram. So I was, I'd tell them that and, you know, they're like, sure, sure we can. Mm -hmm. And and I, because sometimes, man, it's really beautiful some of the things I've seen, and sometimes I see things posted on Facebook or somewhere going viral, and I'm like, I just passed that shot up the other day. That's the same shot I was going to take. Mm-hmm. So now, I, you know, I continuously try to show, like, even on my Instagram, my hashtags, where you'll see my work a lot, are uh, hashtag coolest people alive and hashtag my people, my city. Mm-hmm. If you go to those hashtags, you're going to see most of my work pop up. And that's how I feel about Detroit. This is mm-hmm. like my people, my city, right. and the coolest people alive. Mm-hmm. And I, my daughter used to laugh at me because when I first had a point-and-shoot <laughs> camera, every time there was a fire, when there was a flood on the lodge, I would be like, I got to get there. <laughs> she was like, Dad, you're not a real newsman. <laughs> I was like, this is my people, my city. I got to cover it. Wow. And that's what I would say at the end of all my clips. This is my people. This is my city. Yeah. And she was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's go. Okay, okay. Yeah. You that father that that those father shots um they really really touched me deeply and hopefully that coffee table book will um, appear. Well, you know, as now as I begin to think about fine art, now that I've gone into some of the galleries, because it's mm-hmm. really good getting. Out, I've never been involved in the art community, mm-hmm. so now I'm starting to get out and meet these. Because I actually got to meet Tylan J. Sawyer that night. Really? So that, yeah, that was cool. He remembered my picture, so I was, they had to help escort me out the building because my head was big. <laughs> so, That's so. the iconic one with the elder uh, black woman. Yes, in front of the flag. In front of the flag. Oh yes. my gosh. Yes, that's that's um, and that that's part of the process that made me hungry again because everybody who sees that photo is like, that's one of my favorites. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie to you. At first, for a while, I was mad at myself because I was like, oh. They making it like I'm a one hit wonder. Like I only got <laughs> one good photo, and I and that's when I started realizing when I start with the father idea and some mm-hmm. other things. I was like, you know what? The the problem is now. The next thing you need to do is you don't shoot. You haven't. You've been out doing street photography, mm-hmm. and you're a good hunter. But what you don't do is you don't shoot with intention. Yeah. There are things that you want to say, and I and it took me shooting all those years mm-hmm. and looking at my photos and evaluating them. And when it came time to print, I could only take the best one. So. I wanted to figure out what they were, but I also wanted to figure out why this one. Mm-hmm. And so when I start, you know, looking at them and, and just like I, now, I want to shoot with intention and create great photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, before, when I first like went through them, it was like family, man. I, that photo I called I I forget what I called it the first time, but the name of it ended up being Justice because yeah. she's sitting in front of the fly. Yeah. And the the beautiful because the beautiful story behind some photos, and that's one of them. She was so nice. Her husband was a 
art, a, a quick sketch artist down there. He was working, at, that was at taking at the Jazz Festival in 2014. Mm. Her eyesight was so bad, She when I went to show her the pictures on the camera, she never saw them. She mm. has never seen that picture to this day. Wow. Yeah, but I, she was she was every bit as sweet as she looked in that picture. Mm-hmm. She really was. And just the, the timing for that picture or the photograph to come back to the the community with everything that's going on yeah. with justice being in, uh, attacked under attack in in the United States um and the connection with the the artist name is a Taylor the Taylor uh Tylon Tylon. Sor. Yeah. yeah um and the connection with with that exhibit um is very timely uh with everything that's going on um yeah, yeah. um so at this point, um, I'd like to transition into, I don't know if you're old enough to remember uh, a radio icon um, from our childhood, Martha Jean McQueen. Yes. Um, she had uh, a, a segment that was called Inspiration Time, and I remember it playing when I would come home uh, for lunch in elementary school. And so I just want to talk about inspiration and what inspires you to do the work that you do? Uh, well, one, I feel like uh, it's my calling. I feel like I need to be out there doing it because there was a time when I worked construction for several years. Mm-hmm. And I think it was probably around 90, it was probably around 2010, somewhere in there. I had prayed for about two years straight because I was like, I don't want to get to the end and had a pretty good life, but didn't feel like I did what I was put here to do. Mm-hmm. So I prayed for God to just like, show me what it is that I'm supposed to do. And it was that, it was after two years of praying, it was that year in 2013 when I got a camera. And I when I started taking some of the pictures and I started putting them in the slides, because slideshows helped me to understand that you could group pictures together and tell a story just like a video. Mm-hmm. So... Since then, ever since then, I felt like this is what I'm supposed to do. And that's why initially I set out into the street. I started Free Face because the idea was if you'll let me take your picture, mm-hmm. I'll put free pictures you can take on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And that's how the name came about. Okay. So that that's kind of like what inspires me. And uh, just people. I mean, just just the love of people. You know, mm-hmm. It's just it's, when I go out into this, no matter how bad the news may be, when I go out into the streets, I can always find shots of people just in the simple people in the neighborhood talking in the morning over a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. holding their children, just just regular everyday life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's catching those pictures mm-hmm. and then being able to show them to people mm-hmm. because I love the fact that uh, you can take pictures, moments that people don't even realize exist. I think it was Diane Arbus who said, "I honestly believe that there are things that people would never see if I never photographed them." And that's how I, that's how I feel about my photographs. Okay, I feel like you're, there are some times, like even when you hire me to do an event, I'll come to your events and I'll try to get a candidate of you talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. And if you just watch people, you can tell who truly means something to them and when they're having a moment. Mm-hmm. And that's that's those are things I try to catch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so you know, throughout woven throughout your conversation and um, the conversations that we have and the the exchanges that we have on Facebook when we do exchange on Facebook and other social media. Um, you know, you have a, a, a deep spiritual life, right? Um, you, would you talk about that as a black man? 
what that means to you to this spiritual life is it is it solitary is that spiritual life is it projected uh you know how do you activate that it's actually it's it's, it's it's funny you should ask that because it's is from my personal beliefs it's kind of conflicted but one of the things that i've been struggling with this past i would say two years is i've been trying to find out it was like how do i show God in my photography. Mm. It's not going to be by taking pictures of pretty clouds. Even mm-hmm. though, even though, let me say this though, because people will hear me. If I ever get famous, y'all will back me up and be like, but you, what, I do love clouds because I, I actually believe sometimes when I look at clouds, I'm like, there is no way you can believe that there's not a God when you look up at certain mm. clouds and cloud formation in certain skies, certain days. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, but I've been trying to figure like, how do you picture God in your photography? And there's, there's every once in a while I'll come up on a picture, and that's what I'm working on now as I try to become a more intentional artist. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while I'll come up on a picture and I'll say, okay, that's it. Now how do you capture that intentionally? Because I, as much as I love lighting and uh, creating photographs and everything, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'll ever get past loving candids because there are just some moments that you almost feel like you should walk up and pay somebody for be, having been privy to being able to shoot. To witness it. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, this is, I'll always love the candid photos, but that's that's what I'm trying to do now. I'm trying to find ways to show God and to show the, um, just, to, just to show, it's too much, I won't say it's too much negativity because negativity is real. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn doing street photography. Sometimes I have to kneel down and take a picture that guy passed out on the sidewalk because there are stories that need to be told. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I always make up in my mind, I'm not going to do anything that's exploitive Mm -hmm. or exploitational, Mm -hmm. but there are some stories that do need to be told and you just have to, you know, be courageous at that moment to go ahead and take them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I would like to find out more ways just to, you know, I Googled, when I found out, when I found out you want me to come on the show, a couple of nights ago, I Googled the 10 best things about Detroit. Mm-hmm. No, first of all, I Googled Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And all you get is pictures of the Renaissance Center and the Bella Aquarium. Just like, right. And I'm like, because it's like when, you know, in the past, it was easy for us to define Detroit was about Motown. Detroit mm-hmm. was about, it was about the music. It was about making cars. Right. So when I ask people, like, what is Detroit about now? You know, and I kind of, I wish I could get a hold of more people outside of the city <laughs> who I could get to say something, who I could get to talk to me, because I don't like doing that type of thing on Facebook because there are too many trolls and it ends mm-hmm. up conversation going way awry. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of wonder about that, and this show got me thinking about that. What is, especially with the name Detroit mm-hmm. Different, mm-hmm. I was like, what is Detroit's uniqueness right now? What is, because I Googled even everyday life in Detroit, and I got a bunch of pictures from 1970-something, uh, mm-hmm. and... uh. I'm like, this is not the Detroit that I see. Right. So that's one of the things I'm trying to do now is like find a way also to show people like, what is Detroit? Like, because I think a lot of people have a lot of negative ideas that I'm sorry, I just don't see when I go to some of our festivals. Like we have some, I really do believe that we have some of like the best festival, Dally in the Alley. Oh my and goodness. We, we yes. have some of the absolutely best festivals <laughs> around this place that yes. y'all could get involved in if y'all mm-hmm. want to go just meet other people. I mean, I just, I think it's amazing. Somebody posted the other night on in the Slow Roll group mm-hmm. that India set a record 
for having 1,200 bikers in a single file ride for two and a half miles. Okay. And I just thought to myself, wow, their bikes are about five feet long. There are 5,000 people, four or 5,000 a show every week at Slow Roll. Mm-hmm. If they just line their bikes up, the, the, the line would be five miles long. Yes. And it's just things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I understand that some people get annoyed with Slow Roll sometimes because it stops traffic because before I started doing it, I did too. Mm-hmm. But now my attitude is if you can get 4,000 people to meet up anywhere in the city of Detroit every week and there's no violence and no right. foolishness, right. I'm with y'all. Right. I'm whatever y'all doing. Right. I mean, it's, it's it's laughter, it's smiling, it's good, it's good oh, vibes. Um, and you mentioned, you know, ten things about Detroit, and you mentioned um, uh, the festival. So I I have like my top three: so African yeah. World, and then the Jazz Fest, and then Dally in the Alley. And they 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 feed three different pieces of me. Right. Uh, but I just love it. I love the people watching. I love getting out, and everybody's just in like. The, the best moods and, right you know you go to african world and you know it's like family reunion because you know you're seeing people you haven't seen you right. know through the winter yes. and you know s- people who have on their uh royal attire some of them uh and so that's that's great and then the jazz fest because the music is just right like, right absolutely yeah, amazing jazz vibe right. is unbelievable and then dally in the alley is just you know your hippie vibe you right. know and so um, when we talk about, you know, what currently Detroit is, um, you know, it's, it is community, you know, for, for me. Very much so. You Palmer know? Park and all the things yeah. they do, Brightmore Artist mm-hmm. Fair. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot going on in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I think that some people have to realize sometimes that to, to appreciate all that's going on in Detroit, you got to change your attitude first. Right. Because it's going to start with you anyway. Mm-hmm. But if, when you change your attitude about what you appreciate, and you'll find out how much more there is. Because, like, the DIA, you know, right. and, and the, and the, our, the uh, Wright Museum down there, mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of culture floating around this place mm-hmm. if you just go ahead and break into it. Right, and leave your house, yep. right? Yeah. You know, leave the front door and go out and talk to people, look people in the eye, right. you know, and uh, engage. And I think we've been disengaged for quite some time. And... um uh, you know, getting out and connecting is is that key. And so you uh, are a genius as a, in, in my eyes, okay? Well, and I'm biased. Well, I am you. biased, and I can say that. Um, but you're a genius. And I'd like for people to know how they can get in touch with you if they'd like to um, hire you as a photographer. Also... Um, how may they follow you um, in your work? Uh, do you have any exhibits coming up and, and those type of things? So share what that, the and I know you have mentioned that you are being obedient and letting those things unfold, but the things that you are aware of, you know, how can people keep in touch? Well, anyone can always go to my website at freefacephoto.com, mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram at, at freefacephoto. You can always hit up the hashtags my people my city or coolest people alive. Those will show you people from in Detroit. You'll see a lot of things from uh the yoga, the bike rides, things like that, some of the street photography. Mm-hmm. But um and I'm I'm still figuring out as far as exhi- ex- ex- exhibitions are going to go, mm-hmm. but I do know that now that I've experienced how tricky and patient it has to be getting into exhibitions, 
I was supposed to be one of the featured artists at Raw Artist Detroit this past November, mm-hmm. and I turned it down so I could prepare myself more. Mm-hmm. But I think that coming this spring or summer, I'm going to, because they told me just come back anytime you want. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be in one of their shows coming up this spring or summer because I really have a lot of work that I want people to be able to get to see. And if I do it all through exhibitions until I build up a name, it's going to take a while. So I am going to. I will be letting people know via my website and through uh, Facebook okay. how they can view that. Okay. And then also, um, because I do have some favorites of your shots. Now, are any of your shots available for sale in print? Yes. I'm, I'm working on the website now through Fine Art America, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the... Um, and that's um, it's it's funny because never having thought about selling prints and things like that before, now I'm having to think about things like marketing. And so the we started the architectural for a lot of people who um have offices and office spaces that they want to buy artwork for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um the fine art is for more of the people who are collectors. Mm-hmm. But um we're going to be, I, I'll be linking a Facebook store to my website, as well as they'll be able to buy after after March, they'll be able to buy straight off my website anything that they see that they want to purchase. Okay, excellent, excellent, excellent. So thank you, sir, for agreeing to come on. Thank you for having me. Community, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. It's great to see you in the flesh, uh, live and in, in person. Um, as again, I just think you are just the dopest photographer, um, you. and you've assisted me in um, my journey um, as an entrepreneur. And I'm I'm grateful to you, and I'm I'm grateful for your friendship. And so, uh, this is community, and we thank you for listening. Unique pathways, common goals. Thank you. to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.